Hey there, you are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm Sherry Johnson. It is my life's passion to help you recover spiritually, emotionally, and physically from miscarriage or infertility. You are listening to episode number 11, 10 things I wish I knew when I miscarried. So most of my listeners know that I've had three miscarriages, unless you're new here, and then of course you wouldn't know that. But today I want to share with you what I wish I knew when I had my first miscarriage as it would have made everything a bit easier. When I had my first miscarriage, it didn't happen like we see it in the movies. I'm going to tell you all the details in next week's podcast, but suffice it to say for today that I had no guidance on what to do afterwards, no guidance from my doctors or the nurses. And I didn't have any friends who had been through it either. So I had no one to ask questions. And that made me feel very alone, as I suspect many of you feel. I remember feeling so desperate at one point. My husband had told me that his mother had had a miscarriage when she was young. And she was also a nurse, though she had left that career many, many years before. And for a nurse, my mother-in-law is surprisingly private and very prim and proper. But I was so desperate for advice that I asked her if she thought it was okay if I used a tampon after I had miscarried. And it was pretty awkward afterwards to say the least because she felt so awkward talking about it. And she actually had no idea. She was so far from from having had hers and from being a nurse that she gave me the wrong advice anyways. So by the time I had a second and then a third miscarriage, I learned a few things. Things I wish I had known after my first. Things that would have helped tremendously. And I want to share them with you just in case they help you. So I have 10 of them. And there are 10 things that I wish I knew when I had my first miscarriage. So number one, let's dive in. I wish I knew how common it is to have a miscarriage, that it's estimated that 25% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. I had no idea that the statistics were that high. And I felt so very alone. I was 39 when I had my first miscarriage. So all my friends had already successfully had children and I felt like such an outsider to all my friends who had all had a kid by the time we even tried. So I had no idea that miscarriage was so common. I, I had never seen anybody experience it, but what I want you to take away from all of this is that if I had known at the time that miscarriage was so common, I might have known that a number of my friends actually had had miscarriages. And if you do tell someone that you've had one, chances are that you'll find someone else who has and can share, can can help you, can listen, can support you. So to give you an example, I eventually told a close friend of mine and she admitted that she had one too. And I had had no idea We actually weren't friends 
we didn't know each other when she had her miscarriage and it had never come up. Her kid, her children were, oh, I think eight or nine by the time I met her. So when I did finally decide to start talking and, and told her about it, she provided me with a huge amount of support. So as a side story, it turns out that she had even been on the same drug to help release the sac after her miscarriage. It's called mesoprostol. I think in the States, it might be called cytotech. And it's all the same thing. It's, it's a, a labor-inducing drug, basically. And it helps you to release the sac when that doesn't happen on its own. And in many cases, it can help you to avoid a DNC. So, so she had been on that drug as I had been. And when, let me tell you, when I had, when I went on that drug, it was the most painful thing I have ever experienced. I, my husband didn't know what to do with me. I was at home by myself, uh, with him and I couldn't get up off the floor. I laid down on my yoga mat and just curled up in a ball. It was so painful, but I had minimized that pain. I was telling myself that this was a miscarriage. This could be nowhere near what a live birth at, you know, at, at full term would feel like. But what my good friend told me after having had a miscarriage and two children that mesoprostol actually caused or could cause the same amount of pain as a live birth at full term minus the actual pushing the baby out because that part obviously isn't as painful um, when my babies were so tiny but the contraction piece was as painful as labor contractions at full term I didn't know that and to hear that for me was so helpful. It was something that really made me feel like, okay, my pain, I was feeling pain. My pain was worthy or there was some kind of value to it that, that I shouldn't minimize that pain, that it, that it was true. So all that to say, what I wish I knew was that the stats were so high that 25% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And if I had known that, I would have known that there are so many other women out there who were just like me. I just had to find them. So that was number one. Number two, I wish I knew that the physical experience of having a miscarriage might be similar to what you see on TV, but it's more likely that it would be nothing like it. And in my case, None of my three were anything like what I saw on TV. And I also wish I knew that it was different for everyone. So for my first, for example, I had no pain at all. I didn't release the sac and just the embryo released at first. And and that didn't provide or didn't cause me very much physical pain at all or very much bleeding. And so that was very different than what I saw on TV. My second kind of felt like a period, but it was a very different kind of pain. It was painful, but very different. So I didn't even recognize it at first. I thought I was having 
issues with my stomach or my digestive system or something, not a miscarriage. It wasn't until I went to the washroom that I realized that I was having a miscarriage. And then for my third, I actually knew that the baby had died before I miscarried, before I actually miscarried. So I used mesoprostol for that one as well. And it was painful, but certainly not as painful as the first time I had used it. So the physical experience, even for one person, different times for different miscarriages can be very different. And the effects of a drug can be different on the same person. And those are all things that I didn't know and, and might've helped had I known those things. I just didn't know what to expect. And it might've been helpful to know that, that it is different and that I won't necessarily know exactly what to expect. Number three, what I wish I knew was that miscarriage is a birth. The uterus contracts just like it does during a live birth. The baby, the sac are released. They come through the birth canal. There is pain just like there is for a live birth. I didn't honor my miscarriages as a birth. It was another one of those things that I sort of minimized And I want you to know that, that a miscarriage is a birth. It's a very different kind than what you would experience. But for me, I actually felt, sometimes I still feel like I am not a full woman or a, I haven't reached my full womanhood because I haven't experienced a birth but I actually have, I've experienced three pregnancies and three births. So you have experienced a birth as well. And I want you to know that number four, I wish I had known that there is also a recovery period beyond the, the first, the two weeks of bleeding. So I knew that I would bleed for a week or two. And and in my case, it was actually a few weeks for my first one, but the body actually has a whole bunch of other rebalancing to do. Something went wrong with your birth. So the body now has to figure out what to do with all of the physical feedback that it's getting. Your hormones are all out of whack. Um, Your body really has a lot, a lot of work to do to recover. And I had no idea how much patience I would need to have to allow my body to recover. The doctor kind of said, you can start trying, maybe, you know, allow yourself to have one or two cycles. Um, So I had assumed, okay, one or two months, but I didn't get a cycle for four months. So it took quite a long time for me to, to get my body normalized again. And I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to allow you to to give your body the patience and just to let go of the control that is so tempting to try to control your body so that you can get pregnant right away. You want to try again. At least I was really anxious to try again right away. Um, But if I had just let go of some of that control that I was I was trying to have over my body, 
I actually might have been re- be able to re- I might have been able to recover more quickly because I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of stress on my body, just trying to make it recover. So it's different for every person. You might recover and and have a cycle in a month. It might be two. It might be longer. Everyone is very different in in how long it takes them to recover. So as a side note, I will be jumping on Facebook Live in my private Facebook group once a week on Thursdays to share all the habits that helped me to recover after my second and third miscarriages. And now even much later, they're the types of habits that keep me energized and keep my hormones balanced on a regular basis. So my private Facebook group is called miscarriage-loss-and-love. And I'll also link to it below in the show notes on my website as well. So you can find it easily. So I would love it if you would join there and we can have a much deeper conversation, a much more intimate conversation. It'll be more of a conversation rather than just me talking. So join me over there. So that's number four, the recovery period that I just really wasn't aware of. Number five, I wish I knew that there was support out there. You probably know this already, or maybe you don't. Maybe you've just found me and you're not aware of all of the different kinds of support that are out there. I don't know why it didn't occur to me to look for a support group or even to get online and look for a Facebook group. Um, Nothing. And, and when I look back on that now, I'm shocked that no one actually suggested it. I would think that at least the OBs or the nurses would have some recommendations as to where I should go, suggest that I look for a group or maybe go to therapy. Um, those are some options. There are lots of options out there now. And um, that's actually another episode coming up. So so stay tuned for that. And it's likely something I'll I'll end up talking about on my Facebook lives as well. So, so stay tuned for that, but there is lots of support out there. Please go looking for it or, or stay here and listen to my podcast if you're finding that it's helpful for you. So that's number five. I wish I had known that there was more support out there for people who had miscarriages. Number six, I wish I knew that I was allowed to grieve and that my grief was worth taking time off, taking time for me. Because no one really talks about miscarriage or nobody had really talked about it to me before, I didn't know how much grief was involved and I didn't know that I was allowed to grieve. Everybody who had had miscarriages was, you know, they they didn't talk about it and they were back at work or they were carrying on with their lives. I just sort of thought that everyone suppressed it and that's what I was expected to do as well. And that's kind of how society still, still operates. It, it does kind of expect us to still suppress our grief and just carry on. So I went back to work the very next day, which is crazy in hindsight. I didn't have any physical pain for my first miscarriage, as I mentioned earlier. So I figured I didn't have a reason not to go back to work. It didn't occur to me that I could stay home and take care of myself and take care of my emotional health to give myself permission to grieve. 
And I didn't know how to take care of myself in any case, even if I did allow myself to stay home. So I wish, I really wish I had known that, that it was okay to take time for, to have that emotional experience and allow it to allow myself to heal before going back to work. Number seven, I wish I knew that you can't compare losses. Comparing was almost automatic for me. So to explain what I mean by that, I compared my loss to others' losses without even realizing it, right from the very moment that I started to miscarry. I thought that my pain must be way, way less than a birth, so I should just suck it up. That's my physical pain, that is. I thought that my grief must be way less than someone who lost their baby when they were further along. I even judged other people's losses. So I compared myself to people who, who had lost their babies earlier. And I thought I should, they shouldn't have as much grief as I do. And someone who got pregnant through IVF would know to expect that it might not work. So they should also feel less grief, which by the way, is actually not the case. It doesn't matter whether you miscarried at five weeks or 12 weeks or 16 weeks. It doesn't matter whether you got pregnant naturally or through IVF. It doesn't matter if you, if your pregnancy was a surprise and you didn't even know that you were pregnant when you miscarried. You are allowed to feel grief and you cannot compare your grief to someone else's. Grief is a very individual experience and it's also really often impacted by other losses that you might have had in your life as well. So you can't even compare it based on a timeline or, or based on a single incident because there may be a whole bunch of other losses in your life, miscarriages or otherwise, that are impacting how you feel now. That's something that I really wish I had known in the beginning. Number eight, I wish that my husband, I wish that I knew that my husband might not know what to do. I wish I knew that he might grieve differently than me. And in, in fact, that everyone grieves differently. And I wish I knew that we might experience some challenges as a result of this. We might argue I might've known to expect that and, and that that might've made it easier to, to forgive him or to, to throw him a bone, to allow him to grieve in his own way. So that was something that I wish I knew ahead of time. I've recorded a whole episode on how to reconnect with your spouse after a loss. It's episode number four. So if this is an area where you're struggling, have a listen to that episode I'll link to that in the show notes under this episode as well on my website. Number nine, I wish, I wish I had known that I would feel all kinds of things other than sadness. I felt things like envy every time I saw a woman who was pregnant or had a newborn with her. 
I felt anger at all kinds of things. I felt hopelessness. I felt frustration with all the advice I was getting that I didn't feel was very helpful. So it seemed as though I was triggered by everything. And I wish I had known that that was going to happen. So that was number nine. Number 10, I wish that I would have known that I would never be the same again. In those early days after my my first loss, I operated under the assumption that I would eventually get back to normal. It didn't occur to me until much, much later that everything had changed, that I had changed, that there was a before miscarriage me and an after miscarriage me. I wish I had known that. I do want you to know that the new me is good. My miscarriages led me down a path of self-discovery and of spiritual discovery. And as a result, I have truly healed. I have not forgotten my babies and I still have triggers every once in a while, but I feel really good, which is why I'm able to do this for you to run this podcast and to have a business focused on miscarriage and fertility. I wouldn't be able to do that if I was still in the throes of grief. So that's a wrap for today. The 10 things that I wish I knew when I miscarried. I am so very glad that you joined me and I hope that you've taken something from one of the, at least one of the 10 And I also hope you'll come back next week to hear more about my first miscarriage and how that all went down and what I learned from it. It's going to be a challenging episode for me to record, just kind of reliving that experience, but there are lots of learnings for you and lots of of support and understanding that you'll receive through that. So come back next week for that. I release those on Thursdays and I will talk to you then. Bye for now.